What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I'm joined by Dogbot. What's up, dude? Oh, not much. Found my uh, Chupacabra secret stash of chicken bones. Oh, that had to smell great. Wait. Also joining us this week, Reinhardt von Krieger. What's up? Not a whole lot. Uh, Just finished a nice Bible study session with the apes. Uh, We all chugged raw eggs, and now I'm here. All right. This is rather good day. Yeah. So are they yoked in Christ now? Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, there will be a t-shirt coming. You can buy them at the mountains, Mountaintop Gift Store. That's got to be some kind of heresy. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one dad joke from you. I'll support dog butt. Okay. All right. So we got you. We got dog butt. Oh, wait. Jack's not here. Yeah, that's right. Jack is not here. Jack is going to visit his mom. So, oh, Jack's going to see his mom. Jack loves his mom. I thought he was uh, suffering uh, symptoms from a reoccurring injury that he received in a mosh pit at an ICP concert. Dude, I thought we were going to cover that up with the mom story. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. deserve to be covered up. Yeah, yeah like it, it's it a, a concussion from a can of Fago being thrown into his face. This is why they... St- I think Jack's injury was why they uh, made it a plastic-only experience. No. No more cans of Fago. It's all plastic bottles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it became an epidemic. <laughs> Could you imagine getting beamed with a can of fucking Fago at a concert? I would be so mad. <laughs> not, as mad as, not as mad as that one chick that got a uh, beer bottle thrown in her face by Sebastian Bach. I remember that. I remember that. What about the what about the chick that got like DDT'd? But what was that? What was that Negro the because I got high guy? Afro man. Yeah. He like body slammed a chick who came on stage and t- tried to grind on him. He, like like straight up wrestling move like body slammed her on the. Or maybe he knocked her out. He punched her. Maybe he punched her. No, no, he punched her right out. That's what happened. He punched her the fuck out. Oh. Did he? Did he use the? She said the n word defense. I don't know what he did, but he knocked his broad out. It was hilarious. All right. Anyway, enough of that crap. We have a very important announcement to make. Today is HP Lovecraft's birthday. Happy yes. birthday, Howard. Yes. Miss you, Howie. We do. We miss you. We uh, The horror hasn't been the same. People try to remake your horror. They try to make your movies. They even went as far as to get Nicolas Cage. But even Nicolas Cage is crazy. He could not portray the just the descent into madness that Lovecraft puts into his stories. Born on ever... August. Oh, oh, go ahead. Born on August twentieth, eighteen ninety. Died March fifteenth, nineteen thirty-seven. The great Howard Phillips Lovecraft. You know, only forty-seven years old, but you know he certainly uh, left an impact that will last for generations and generations to come. Oh, yeah, and he, he never saw the fruits of his impact at all. God, he died penniless and racist. So at least, I mean, one of those things was good. I mean, if you gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been the poison from the Kazarian milkers. Right. Could have been his Jew wife that killed him, basically is what we're saying. Probably was. 
same thing as the deep ones, right? They all have that Innsmouth look. <laughs> That's why we call it the Innsmouth look. Right. It's all because of you, Howard Phillips. I swear to Lovecraft. God, if somebody tries to, re- tries to uh, adapt At the Mountains of Madness into a movie, I'm going to scream. Dude, a color out of space was bad enough. Oh. Like... Like I said, they they tried. They brought in Nicolas Cage. They they thought they brought in the the proper crazy. What they need to do is get somebody who can do both a Nicolas Cage and a Gary Busey, and then you'll have the but, proper proper Lovecraft. But it wasn't just that they brought in the crazy of Nicolas Cage. This was the directorial return of the same director that lost his shit when recording the island of dr moreau oh i forgot about that part of it yeah what was that guy's name? and also they made the they made the one main character guy black oh yeah yeah that was that was lame gotta get in the interracial semi-dating thing with the magic black science guy with he, he even had like the neil tyson degrassi Neil, what the, how, is it Neil deGrasse Tyson? NDT, Neil right? DeGrasse Tyson. It's yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's right. He's even got like that early NDT like fade flat top thing going on. <laughs> okay, so a good movie with Nicolas Cage where he's acting crazy and there's lots of pretty colors and weird shit going on that came out recently was Mandy. And I, I do recommend that one to okay. people. It's it's a weird movie, but it's it's a fun watch. Okay. It's yeah. I don't know. The only Nicolas Cage movie that I would uh recommend to people is Con Air. Oh my well, god. What, <laughs> well well watching Man- Mandy is like watching a two hour long uh doom metal video. Hmm. Mm, Good mm. lord. So a doom metal video. So yeah, so right. <laughs> you don't have to repeat yourself a two hour doom metal video. Oh, yeah, that's only one song. Yeah, exactly. it's like listening to sleep. Dope well, it, it's it's two songs because the intro song's a minute and thirty seconds long, and then the second song is, is the video fif- right. fifty-eight minutes and forty-five seconds long, followed by twenty-two minutes of feedback. Yeah, it's technically an extended play because mm-hmm. there's only mm-hmm. two songs. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? If you threw some of Nicolas Cage's like craziest rants in there as drops. They'd probably fit, too. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, let's stop talking about Nicolas Cage right after this. Uh, he's like 60-something, right? 57. Fi- oh, is that it? Really? Oh, he looks like he's yeah. 100. Never mind. I was going to say he's dating... He's like married... He married some like 20-something-year-old. So it doesn't... It's not as creepy that he's in his 50s. I mean, it's still... No. It, it's it's still a large age gap, but not, not as crazy as some. So. No, that should give hope Never to mind. some of you guys out there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, he's a couple? A couple? Huh. A couple yeah. of what? Yeah, he's Francis Ford Coppola's uh, nephew. Oh, he's a yeah, couple? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's because how of he co- got the roles originally. Because of uh, course he is, because he can't act to save his life. No. No. No, no I, mean, I mean, come on, dude. Face off. Best, like one of the greatest scenes in all of movie history when he gets out of that Cadillac STS. The sunglasses and the wind whipping around that leather trench coat, and he gets out, and it's like all cool with the guns and stuff. Yeah, and that one line he would say on the airplane, uh, "I could eat a peach for hours." Why did I? Why did I know you would bring that part of the movie up, Dogbot? 
I just I don't understand how it would take that long to eat one I, item of. I, yeah, I know, I know you don't, I know you don't understand. Um. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's move on. We have content this I mean, week. After guys. five minutes, wouldn't you just want to wash your hand? We have content this week. Uh, I mean, speaking of crazy, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't get any. Did we? Did we get any donations? We got a Litecoin donation. Did I mention that? last week did i mention that on tuesday i don't know we got like a 20 dollars litecoin donation thank you sweet thank you thank you random litecoin donator man i I got on a really comfortable t-shirt right now yes you can get it's the paranormies t-shirt i got the uh the skull with the sunglasses the there are no coincidences shirt it's a good one that is that is a great one that's one of the original designs that if you are an OG Paranormies listener, you may have one of the originals. They came in black and purple. These ones are white. Or black. Yeah, I'm, black? I'm wearing my uh, Flat Earth for Dummies t-shirt right now. What, when are the new designs coming out? Um, You know what? I haven't talked to the guy. Tisk tisk. Yeah, I know. I still have to pay somebody. I, I feel terrible, dog, but I still have to pay somebody. If anybody out there can do digital translations of art give me a shout because we have to translate dog bots to digital because i can't just take a picture of it and send it to the guy db and he can't just take the thing and put it in the computer you know what i mean it's got to be digitally uploaded to a png that's how this works so Mm. it's not how it used to work in the t-shirt printing days but that's fine (laughs) really no that's not how did it used to work I don't want to get into it. We All got right. content. All right. We got content. We got content. Um, yes, we do. So I thought it was last week, but last week was the Friday the 13th show. It was the call-in show. Did you guys have fun? That was fun. I'd like to great. do that more often. Like, I think if we had call-in shows more often, I think uh, I think that'd be great. It provides for some very interesting... Uh, subjects and context changing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It well, it keeps you on your toes too. It's not just one topic that you're discussing. You know, you get to bounce around a little bit and have fun with it. Uh, my friend said that Base Mom sounds like a teacher. Based Mom does sound like she could be a teacher, and probably at one point maybe was. Who knows. With the amount of content that she has provided and fun links and everything, I could I could see her being a teacher. The way that she explains things sometimes. An- another one of my friends was wondering if the caller who had the UFO recollection, if if there was a way to make the callers like to hit like a one point five speed when they're talking. <laughs> I don't. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. We don't look. Let the people 1.5 their own stuff. Okay. <laughs> we love that guy, though. I mean, I you can that, do 1.5 was, speed for the entire show. I think that was Nate. Nathan, Nate, uh, Nate in the chat. He's, Is Nate in the chat? No, yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know. I, Nate was the caller. So. Nate was the caller, but Nate is also Nate from the chat? Yes. Okay. Oh, I don't know. All right. Then. Well, Nate from the chat, you've just been called out. There you go. You get your shout out. <laughs> so Eric said Eric said he was nervous. Eric said he was nervous, but when he comes on for 
the Blue Oyster Cult episode coming up. He says he's re- he's ready and raring to go. I did Sweet. see that. I did see that in that chat. Um, yeah, Eric was on a phone. He said he didn't he didn't sound great, but I'm like, dude, you're on a phone. Phones don't sound as good as microphones when you're recording, so don't worry about sounding good. We'll we'll do a little bit of a little bit of the audio post production magic and make you sound good. So yeah, we'll do the Blue Oyster Cult episode soon. There's a lot of esotericism. Is that the correct word, Reinhardt? Uh, esoteric content. And just esoteric content, not esotericism. <laughs> I mean, esotericism is a word, but it's okay. one of those that... Okay. But anyways, so there's a lot of pronounce- esoteric content in their lyrics. And it's deserving of an episode, so we're going to have a guy come on and explain them to us. Uh, an actual fan of the band, because... Right. Admittedly, Johnny and I are not fans of the band, so we thought it would be interesting to have a guest on that actually is familiar with the material. What are you saying? That I've never listened to a song outside of Don't Fear the Reaper? I haven't. You couldn't I name haven't. one? If you put a gun to my head and asked me to name five BOC songs, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. It was nice knowing you. I, I might be able to name two based on the fact that I watched that documentary. I've already data dumped that whole. Yeah, I, I think I kind of did too. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't name a second song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My Dunbar's number is I have full. Stuff written down. My sure. My Dunbar's number is full. My content queue is now full of stuff for tonight's show. That I've been, I've been. Uh, cram prepping because I forgot to watch some of the things that we were going to watch, but I did watch a bunch of them. So, but it's stuff, a lot of it's, a lot of it's, um, stuff we talked about a little bit already. We're going to expound on. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of skim over, uh, some of the basics that we discussed before and, uh, go into more detail on some other things. Yes. So, so a couple of weeks ago, we did uh, an accidental shitposting show because we, I don't know what happened. We didn't have enough content or we were lazy and didn't do any content. Who cares? Who cares? We had a good bit of stuff in the second half about the clowns that we know as clowns. You know, the, the archetype clown, the white face, red hair, pale skin, uh, checkerboard, fractal looking clothing, stripes, weird, you know, patterns and stuff. Um, multiple clowns getting into and out of, you know, um, a lot of them getting into and out of vehicles or going through doors or whatever. Um, but these, these are all, excuse me, these are all a representation, physical representation of what were the Nephilim is the theory. Yeah. Um, which at first, you know, may not seem like a, uh, it may seem like reaching, like connections aren't really there, but when you look more into the physical, uh, the physical qualities of the Nephilim, both while they were alive and the experiences that people have with these things, whether through DMT or uh, like New Age uh, astral projection, accessing whatever this realm is, uh, whether you want to call it Dark Carnival or something else, I don't know. Um, things start lining up. They do. They do. Um, 
Yeah, where do we want to? I mean, we talked about a bunch of stuff because we watched that one little video, but then there was thanks to Based Maham. Um, we went down a rabbit hole of videos on this whole Nephilim clown thing, and then looking at some of the things that uh, the guy in the video talked about, it, it completely makes sense. And then, of course, um, you know, looking in art, uh, Dogbot, you have quite the collection of uh, clown pictures that you drew at one point. Uh, absolutely. I went through a phase in the early 90s where I was um, influenced by a lot of weird cross-cultural currents, uh, including the bands Mr. Bungle and Lawnmower Death and the Dickies, and uh, as well as uh, movies like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, uh, the, the TV miniseries for It, uh, mm -hmm. Shakes the Clown, and Something Wicked This Way Comes, and a lot of uh, experimentation and was going on. And uh, I drew a lot of really evil psychedelic clowns. Lots of them. And uh, I, I was also very influenced by Japanese demons, I, and I found a lot in, in Kabuki theater. I, I and I, I found it to be uh, very um, compatible with the American carnival circus clown. Hmm. Well, I mean, it, looking at Japanese culture and clowns, uh, geishas are definitely uh, a clown type. Like, look at them: the pale skin, the red lips, the hair made to look like the head is bigger. Um, funky fractal-like clothing. Yeah, and representations of women and uh, and men as well. Not quite in the clown. Not not quite in the clown community as we see them. But you know, the white face, red lips, uh, you know, red or black hair. Uh, that kind of contrast that is representative or is represented as well in spirituality. You've got spirits and demons and ghosts uh, that take on those qualities a lot of the time. You know, you always hear about like the the white-faced woman uh, with red lips or a bloody mouth or something. Mm. Um, I think those tie together to here too. Well, uh, another super large cultural influence on me and my friends in the early 90s was the uh, full-length animated feature of Akira. And one of the principal villains early on in the movie were was a gang called the Clown Gang. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, yep. Like, one of the most, uh, one of the most uh, riveting parts of the soundtrack is the, and most recognizable parts of the Akira soundtrack is the bat battle with the clowns mm -hmm. uh, part on the soundtrack. I remember that. I've only seen Akira like once. I was I've never been into anime, and I you know Akira is obviously anime. I don't really consider like I consider Akira really? a full length animated movie. Okay. Like I don't consider it like I don't consider it an anime. Or, but we didn't even call it that back then. We called it Japanimation. Right. It was the yeah, Japanimation. Yeah, it, it was movie. animation from Japan, certainly. But the the way that it was made and produced. Just uh, it was entirely different than anything that you would call 
anime yeah. or whatnot at the but time. It, it, it's, it, it's a truly unique artistic endeavor. By the time I got around to watching it, anime was a thing, and it was, I just lumped it in with anime. Even though I know it was more of a theatrical production, it was a big. It was a big deal. Akira was a really big deal. You know, I there had a t-shirt. Are, there, there I had no, a t-shirt with Akira all, with his bike. Like every scene has moving parts in it. Right. You know, it's not. It's, right. It's it, there are and the backgrounds were impeccably painted. The art in that uh, movie is in, incredible. That is one. That is one. That was the reason why I watched it. It was for the art. I watched it recently with my son. It holds up one hundred percent. Cool. I have to check it out again. All right, so clowns, man. I mean, like you know, the, my like my edgy teen phase. I used to have a T-shirt, and it said like you know, in letters, getting slowly smaller and smaller and smaller. Can't sleep, cl- clowns will eat me. Can't sleep, clowns will eat me. You guys remember that shirt? Yeah. Like a lot of it was like a hot topic shirt. I do remember that. Yes, actually, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But that um, was like a lot of the things when when scary clowns first started to be a thing again um well yeah and then they kind of came back around a few years ago 2016 uh, whole... 2017 when it was when 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 it came out the the remake of stephen king's it with uh pennywise the scary clown see there's the thing is like you know when did clowns we we talked about it the other day um when you're looking at the old pictures of clowns all the black and white pictures from the 1800s and the early 1900s or whatever all those clowns are extremely frightening, even to me as a grown person. You know, like <laughs> those are those are disturbing looking, you know, pictures. Those do not look like creatures meant to bring joy and 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 uh, mirth and you know, like juggling. Oh, very funny, ha ha ha, honky nose, and the the clown car and stuff. I don't know. They're very frightening. Now, how did that go from very frightening to, you know? Clowns are the funny guy you bring to your birthday party. Patch Adams, right? Basically. Well, when did yeah yeah when did it go when did it go from scary, fucking monster, to, you know, the Shriners bringing the clowns to the hospital for the leukemia patients? You know, I think it was in the mid twentieth century. Mm. that it changed uh, probably in the 50s, 60s, because even representations in the 40s and before, they're, they're similar uh, to the earlier they're terrifying. terrifying counterparts. They're terrifying. Oh, yeah. I just put one in the chat. I don't want to um, scroll down. It's, uh... Yeah. To what me, the fuck? These look like... These do not look like they're meant to bring joy or any sort of mirth or anything. They look like what we would... Like when we see uh, African shamans and like representations of their gods, like mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Hoyeka or whatever it's called, Hayoka, um, that oh. was part of our show art for the last time we talked about the clowns. Yeah, the Hayoka Indians. Looks, yeah, those things yeah, are. It looks like that. It looks like a pagan uh, deity demon costume, basically. It does. It looks shows. like it looks like an overly gaudy Shakespearean costume. Right, like something that you would see in like uh, a Midsummer's Night's Dream or something, and the face, like the way it's made up with the bald head and the weird eyes and the white white skin. They always have the really really white skin. Um, a lot of times they have the funky hair, red hair. A lot of times they're bald on top. You notice that, like the big big head bald on top, a lot of red hair. 
Um, and a lot of times a misshapen head. Yes, like a a, like huge, a, long... like a large, like overly long, pointy top. Uh, like, the, who is that? Bozo the Clown? No, no, I'm about to drop Bozo the Clown, but that's Lou Jacobs. Lou Jacobs was the... Uh, the leader of the clowns from the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and okay. Bailey Circus, all through the like, all throughout my childhood in the eighties. Okay, so that guy, his head has to, he has to be wearing something on his head to have that pointy head. You can see it yes. above his, yeah, you can see but, it. Above uh, his. I, yeah, but um, but they always he's a well, he's a prime representation of the sort of like the clown of mirth that was uh, popular in eighties. The 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 rise of sort of like the birthday party clown right but he but he was still terrifying in his own way and mm-hmm. and on uh and and on uh WGN which was one of the only cable channels growing up in the eighties in the mornings they would have on the bozo the clown show and that that's who I that's who I posted here with with his buddy who always seemed drunk you know uh it, there there's the there's the white-faced kind of big red-haired clown, but there was also the sort of hobo clown, mm-hmm. which was also a thing. And uh, I, I don't understand, like I, I don't understand how the hobo clown, you know, got its got its bad rap. But the but Bozo here, he was he was terrifying. The guy you know, who played and, Bozo ended up being a really terrible pedo. Not shocking. Yeah, not yeah. shocking in the least. Um. But yeah, Bozo has your stereotypical archetypical uh archetypical. Did I say it right, Reinhardt? Archetypical. Archetypical. Thank you. Arch archetypical. 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 He's got the really big pointy red hair, kind of like horns. He's got the white, white face. He's got okay. One thing that the clowns almost always have is they have that line, the vertical line going through the center of their eyes. Yes, and it's kind of like a semi-reptilian thing, in my in my take on that. Um, like with the Mad Hatter from the Disney, uh, the 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 live action rendition. Uh, yeah, with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah, he's got the green reptilian eyes. The Mad Hatter, huge green reptilian eyes. Right, and they're very yeah, they're very like sickeningly green. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, a lot of these representations they they hold very dark features. Not dark as in their color, but just where they come from, what they're associated with uh has very dark origins in pretty much every culture. Yeah. Well, it, it it's funny cuz in the case of like Bozo uh, what I remember about that show is he would pull a kid from the crowd, right? And he had this this horrible game that was almost impossible to win. It had these, these cups at different distances from you and he'd give you a ping pong ball. And if you landed the ping pong ball into the cup, you'd win a prize. Well, like the first couple ping pong balls, most kids could just lean over and put the ping pong ball in it. But like the prize, the prizes were like expensive toys at one point. Mm-hmm. But if you if you threw it the ping pong ball into the cup, it hardly ever stayed in the cup. It would bounce out, and then he would just get in their faces and just start laughing and laughing and laughing because it was just sort. Of, and it, and it was me, a and, very and, humiliating and, sort of thing. Yeah, in retrospect, it was like what a what a like terrible thing. Like because it's sort of like you're you're 
you're driven to want to play the game based on greed because you get this free expensive toy if you if you win, right? But if you if you lose horribly, yo, you're going to have this this fucking clown in your face. Yeah, and it'll be letting out that just absolutely horrific looking laugh with that red covered smile, almost like a blood covered mouth. Um and usually I've noticed too, they don't they don't ever have like nice white teeth. They're always very dirty, almost yellowing. Mm-hmm. Um just goes back to their, their appearance is like this. It's in many cases a very bright and colorful appearance that is hiding this like weird I don't know how to say it, this weird aggression and darkness underneath. Even if the person portraying that clown is not trying to portray that symbolism, that's what comes through, at least to me. I agree. Yes, I do well, too. I'm I was, sorry. I was, I was, there. I'm sorry. I was reading about Bozo the Clown. Uh, the very first thing they came up is like some fan fiction about Bozo the Clown getting killed by the cops. Dude, I just pulled that one up too. <laughs> 53 bullets. Um, how did he die? Why not 33 bullets? Right. How did Bozo the Clown die? That I have no idea. I don't know. Um, Predatory pedophile Ronald Blackmore. What the hell is this? Manchester News. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Pervert clown banned for life. What is this? Circus like clown who every uses clown. slapstick routines. Yeah. Predatory pedophile, better known as Bozo the Clown, was jailed for three years in June in a Preston court. Where is this? What year is this? It's 2005. No, it's not the same Bozo the Clown. All right. Well, there's a guy who goes by Bozo the Clown in Manchester, Manchester, England. Who was uh, banned for being a clown for life, for molesting children? After admitting breaking an interim sexual offenses preventive order three times, three times, the magistrate said he must never work as a clown again. Jesus! But being a clown isn't just a profession. It's a way of life, yes. Apparently. No, apparently it is. Uh, good Lord, I would like to see what goes on at some of these clown schools, honestly. Actually, maybe I don't want to see. Oh my God, dude, the stuff he did. He, like, he, groomed, a, he groomed an 11-year-old girl. Clowns, okay? There we go. Clowns, perverts. Well, um, see, that's what I always saw with clowns. I don't, I don't know what it was about the mid-2000s, early and mid-2000s, but I... I Whenever I saw clowns, I always saw the bad things like pedophile, pervert clown, drug addict clown, murderer clown. <laughs> right. I well, murderer clown, like John, John Wayne Gacy. Gacy. Yeah. 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 It, it's funny. You know, like, you know, like, you know, no, you know, like Acid Bath, the, they used uh, John Wayne Gacy art as an album cover, you know, like, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm going to punch you. Yeah. Let's. Sky Saxon. 
Um. Anyways, right. so Bozo, you were talking about Bozo and his partner Kuki. Kuki, God, what a horrible name, right? Right, that's a really terrible name for a clown. Kuki the clown was uh, the drunk almost like almost all the time. He sounded like he was drunk, and he probably was. Uh, yeah. Bozo the clown, Jewish, n- not Jewish at all. Yeah, he was played by Roy Brown, and oh. Bozo is played by Bob Bell. So who knows? Neither one of them are Jewish. I Bob Bell was a Disney voice actor for a very long time. I remember. So was yeah, he? definitely Jewish. Hmm. Good lord. Um. Okay. So, oh, uh, local Bozo the Clowns, like they they had them in Boston and TV and worst. Okay, so a lot of these are in in. in New England, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, Detroit, uh, DC, Chicago. They had their own. They all had their own. Um, their own Bozo the Clown. And for Boston's uh, WHDH TV Boston, uh, one of the original Bozo the Clowns was Carol Spinney. You know who Carol Spinney is? No idea. Carol Spinney is more well known as. Big Bird or Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street. Big Bird. That's Carol Spinney. He was an original bozo on Boston television. Interesting. So I uh, I loaded up an image of a character named Binky the Clown oh, from one of the movies that I, I was influenced by, Shakes the Clown. He was the villain in the, uh, in the movie. He was a uh, High on coke all the time, dressed in little rainbow colors. But he's got the blue. He's got sort of the blue, the lines through the eyes and everything, and mm-hmm. the very maniacal appearance. That that particular actor went on to become the voice for SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, that's Brian Kenny. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. He's got the rainbow. He's got the rainbow all over him. All the gay stuff. Yeah. But yeah, the lines through the eyes, uh, the theory is that is from the reptilian uh, genetics through the Nephilim lines. And so, okay, so back to the clowns being Nephilim. Now, the Nephilim are um, what we would know now as demons. They're disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, which were hybrids of... Or they they uh, the fallen the fallen ones and the fallen humans watchers, yeah. fallen watchers and humans right yeah right um, the thing about the nephilim well really about the watchers there's a lot of dispute on the uh, the reptilian features like where those come from uh, some people believe that you know angels look like us um, as we were created in the image of Elohim others think that because they were most likely seraphim. Uh, because of the the Hebrew language used, that they were serpentine in appearance. Either way, whether it's their appearance that was inherited genetically, or there was some kind of genetic uh, messing going on, uh, some genetic mm-hmm. manipulation. Yeah, these things had visage like vipers, according to several different mythologies. Now, the Nephilim had visage like vipers. Yes. Okay. Both the Nephilim and and these angels in some uh, interpretations and in some okay. accounts. Okay. Okay. Um, so, 
But then let's let's just do the Nephilim look like clowns, though. So we're talking about the giants, you know, and and there were giants in the earth in those days. And when we hear about giants, a lot of times we hear about giant, really white skinned, redheaded giants. Yeah, they were not just fair skinned, not just white skinned like you and me, but they were ivory skinned um, with yeah, red or blonde hair. A lot of times blue or golden eyes. Um, and of course the red, <laughs> red that comes through on the red hair and red that comes through and the clowns at least around the mouth. Uh, I know the guy who did the videos originally had theorized that it was kind of a callback to their cannibalistic nature. Um, you know, their blood drinking that they did. Uh, I thought that I, was an interesting connection. It's an uh, interesting connection. I, I don't, I don't, I don't not think that's a good idea. I think that's a good, that's a good theory. I think it's a very good theory. It's possible. Very possible. Well, um, yeah, even a lot the, of interpretations of clowns that we see have these impossibly large, like Cheshire grins, mm-hmm. and the giants blood. Are, and the giants are always known to have you know two rows of teeth. The giant of Kandahar was like what six foot or seven foot something, and it had two rows of teeth and six fingers on each hand. And very yeah, white that, skin. Uh, that TV show that was on History Channel for one season with the two the two stonemason brothers from Boston, oh, they yeah. always they always looking for skulls with two rows of teeth. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, the kept, they, they yeah they they kept saying it like every every thirty seconds the two rows of teeth the two rows of teeth, <laughs> right? Cause that's giants, you know. And uh, one of the pictures I posted, well, two of them. There's the Mexico one and one from uh, Paracas in Peru. But the, the Peru one especially, uh, that shows hmm, a nice pinhead, which mm-hmm. seems to be on a lot of these more classic clowns. You don't see it as much anymore. You do with the new It. Or is that Bill Skarsgård that plays him? Um, but you see it here. Uh, head elongation, whether it was actual Nephilim genetics mm-hmm. or humans that were mimicking the Nephilim, their gods. Right, because uh, these things were worshipped as gods at one point. Yes, they were worshipped as gods, and you were correct earlier uh, talking about how their spirits are now what we call demons, because they were cursed. Uh, they were never intended to exist. They were never fully human nor fully angel, uh, so now they're just cursed here on this earth. And now they play the part of trickster, prankster, trying to get you to open up and let them in, and you. Yeah, they got a few avenues of doing that. Mm-hmm. They do. One of the easiest ways is with drugs. Yeah, psychedelics are a big doorway. Um, I've never had personal experience with psychedelics. I thank God I've I've stayed away from that. Uh, but a lot of people, a lot of people have had personal experiences with these things and have all seen very similar, if not the exact same mm-hmm. things on their trips. The more I hear, the more stories I hear about it, um, that the DMT Nexus website that the guy uh, in, in the videos was, was talking about all the stories from there. Um, they all sound the same and they all sound a lot like the same DMT stories that I've heard from my friends um, that I've I've seen myself. I have seen I have seen the mechanical elves, the jesters, whatever you want to call them. 
Um, and yeah, every, and- everything about them that these people say, it all makes it all makes sense that these things are yes, they're pranksters, they're tricksters, they're not just playing with you. These things are demons. They're actually laughing at you. Remember, I told you guys what happened with me the one time. Uh, you shouldn't do it if you're drinking, and I had been drinking, and I saw them, and they started laughing at me because I had to throw up, and that was the end of my thing. And they were actually laughing at me. They were mocking me. And like Joe Rogan talks about seeing them, and they were like laughing at him and giving him the finger, you know, and laughing at him and giving him the finger, and then saying things like, I love you 6,747,362 times, you know, and saying stuff like that. They, they just can't say, I love you. They have to say something weird, you know, because they they're lying to you, right? Well, yeah. I, I know I, I know of an account where a person uh, went into it in a pretty uh, pretty safe environment. A friend of his, they they called him a street shaman. Basically, uh, he was just a he was like a local artist guy who was really in his his backyard garden was full of basically you know, forms of hallucinogens from around the world. And so he was able to make his own ayahuasca. And he said under the experience, the, the gesture elves as you know, you could only describe them were berating him and saying that he was going to fail at all his artistic endeavors. Hmm. And and it was and it was uh it was a mobilizing experience for him because it was almost like he was like, Well, I will prove these stupid fucking things wrong. Hmm. You know, but but the 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 just the sheer the sheer fact that under some kind of hallucinogenic uh influence that you would even have communications with things that aren't physically in front of you. Is is something incredibly profound, and for a lot of people, they they don't want to get into the metaphysical. They want they want to think that it has something to do with the way that your brain chemistry was altered. You know, they don't want to believe they don't want to believe that something extra dimensional had occurred to explain the experience. It's just the drugs, right. man. It's just it, it's just the drugs that are doing this. I mean, because first it's of all, all in your mind. Well. The thing is, with the DMT hallucinations, you're doing it with your eyes closed. Usually sitting down on a couch with your eyes closed. And you're seeing all the things. You're doing all the traveling, all of the whatever it is that you're doing in your hallucination. You're doing it sitting down with your eyes closed. So it really is in your mind. Or is it? Well, it sounds very similar to methods that don't require hallucin- uh, hallucinogens, such as uh, in New Age practice, there's, of course, astral projection, you know, where right. you're sitting down or lying down and eyes closed and you are accessing another realm right. and you're traveling through there while your body remains stationary. Right, like remote viewing, same sort of thing. Yes, and people who have done this without the use of DMT and other drugs, uh, they report, they report very similar things, uh, both mm. with the jesters or machine elves as they've been called as well. Um, and other creatures that don't even look remotely humanoid. Yeah. There's things that are not the machine elves that are also there. Other entities, other beings, other things, 
Um, and it's a completely fractal other universe. The whole place is fractal and everything that you're seeing are made of fractals. And that's part right. of the experience. And that's part of like, I mean, you know, is that the drugs causing that to happen? But again, your eyes are closed. It's taking place inside your head. Um, but these, these demons, you know, they know how to, they know, they know, well, they're on the other side of the veil, right? And that's what it's called breaking through when you do the DMT, when you actually get there or whatever it is that, you know, when you smoke the, or vaporize the right amount or whatever it is that you're supposed to do. And you break through, you break through the veil, you know, to the other side, break on through to the other side. And that's where, you know, your spirit guides, the gestures, the little, little pranksters. Oh, you're, you're in a carnival. Oh, wow, look, we're in a carnival. We're in a fractal carnival with all kinds of like spinny rides in the distance and all kinds of spinny lights. And there's a little clown guy. There's a clown guy who wants to show us something. And oh, what is that? Oh, and it's like, you can't even describe what it is because it's it's not a thing you've ever seen before. You know what I mean? But it's just this, th- this thing of, of fractal light and colors and whatever and sound and, and taste and touch. And, and then 15 seconds later, you're, you're back, you know. Right. But it feels like you've been there for hours. Right. And that's the other thing is like where time is like completely subjective. Right. Yeah. When there's one experience, I posted a screenshot of it in here. I know it's hard to read, but the last part is the only thing I want to mention. Um, is he's talking about meeting a jester in kind of like a like a playful guardian trickster way mm-hmm. um, and as he broke through uh, the jester appeared to give him a thumbs up symbol as if to say you made it you know you're here right um, it's it's like these beings are that's why I believe that all of this is real it's not in your mind it is another place but they can see what's going on even outside. They can see us right now, mm-hmm. um, and they will they will play off the things that they see in humans' daily lives. Uh, so if somebody is searching for something, if they're looking for enlightenment of some kind, you know, the jesters, the machine elves, they're going to toy with them. They're going to teach them things, quote. Um, and then they'll, you know, a lot of times they'll ask to come back with them, or they'll right, ask right. for the person they want to, you to return bring them- to them. They want you to bring them back. Yes, much like vampires. Vampires. Well, vampires uh, have to be invited invited. in. That's the thing. Vampires have to be invited in. These things probably do too. Um, But yeah, that's that's actually that's actually true. They they can actually see us the whole basically the whole time. But they can't they can't exist in the physical realm without a physical body. That's why they need you. Um, But okay, so. The fact that they can see us, they're operating on a different frequency level. And that's what, in my opinion, that's what the drugs do. They enable you to somehow connect with that frequency and that plane of existence, that frequency that they exist on. And that's Is how it possible that there are other frequencies that we fuck with that do not require psychedelic drugs in which uh, they can participate um, like like music. Yeah, I think music is well. Music is like a milder form, but like the the, yeah. the DMT experience is like, you know, like kick that shit in hyperdrive. Yeah, and I, I actually I just 
listening to you, Johnny, I just had this thought. What do you think about the idea that this is one frequency or, or m- several frequencies that are accessed that allow you, you know, to see this world? But originally, because we know mankind had access to a lot more mm-hmm. in the distant past mm-hmm. than we do now, of course. What if having, let's say, all the frequencies having access to all the realms is one thing, but only having access to this one, this corrupt, dark realm, whatever it is, and its frequency that's attached to it, what if that is, in and of itself, dangerous? It's like, if you have the whole picture, that's one thing, you can see it all, but if you only have one little piece, you're still really weak. Oh, definitely, yeah. We're still stumbling around in the dark with just a a, a little piece of what we would consider a map. Yeah, basically. So, so what about so a lot of the stories like Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland, uh, you know, the uh, Chronicles of Narnia, stories of these girls who have uh, fallen through some portal and ended up in these realms where they are being berated by creatures like this. And, and fantastic creatures like this, including Wizard of Oz, stuff like that. Like, is 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 it sort of a uh, cultural representation of of what happens with uh, innocent people when they come into contact with these creatures? I would say yes. I think so. I mean, just look at let's say Alice in Wonderland and uh, Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz, and Chronicles of Narnia. So. In Narnia, uh, Lucy, the first person she meets is a fawn, mm. a half goat man, which is interesting symbolism in and of itself. Not a good Wiz- sign. Yeah. yeah What's not, up there, C.S. Lewis? Uh, sorry there. Yeah, sorry, Lewis. Uh, that's what he gets for going Anglican. Whoosh. Um, <laughs> Wizard of make Oz, it. the first being that Dorothy sees is the dead witch, which, funny enough, has black and white stripes. Black and white black stripes and red shoes. And red shoes. And in Alice in Wonderland, what's the first being she meets? Is it the Cheshire Cat? The White Rabbit. Or the White Rabbit. Okay. White Ah. Rabbit. White Rabbit. Yeah. White Rabbit down the rabbit hole into the entire checkerboard thing. Everything about about Alice in Wonderland is completely Masonic and uh, Nephilim related. Peter Pan, one of the first beings she meets is a fairy. Yeah. Yeah. Pixie, not clowns. Pixie. Not clowns. We're talking about clowns, guys. Yeah, clowns. different, different than a machine elf or, or a, a jester. Yes. But. So, clowns in, excuse me, in Disney movies. Well, there was Dumbo. Yeah, the pink elephant, uh, the pink elephant sequence in Dumbo is uh, pretty wild. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get back. Let's get. Let's get back. Let's get back on track. Have flops um, and woozles and Winnie the Pooh. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, so what were we? What were we just talking we're, about? We were talking about the clowns and the Nephilim. Um, we had talked about the wider, the two rows of teeth. Uh, that would give you the wider grin. All these clowns, whenever you see pictures of them, they always have a huge, wide smile, which some might even consider reptilian. Uh, there's the reptilian aspect there in the smile. You have, um, right now, like you were saying, like the red lips and the red nose could be well, representative of 
their uh, cannibalistic nature. And that, that does kind of make sense a little bit. Well, like like uh, Johnny, I, I know I know you I know you do not like anime, but I I feel remiss if I wouldn't if I didn't bring it up. One of the most popular anime TV series right now is called Attack on Attack Titan. Attack on Titan. And it's yeah, and, the and these yeah. and 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 these awful grotesque representations uh, fit so many of these descriptions. You know the the wide smile with I mean, uh, with way more teeth than what a normal person has. It, you, you can't see how many rows they have, but they just mindlessly eat humans. You know, like like there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it for them. That's just what they're. That's just, just what, what they, they do. do. They'll they'll yeah. avoid other forms of life just so they could eat humans, and they don't even digest them. They just they just, they just sit in their stomach and rot. That's so, really yeah, gross. It's actually very similar to uh, giant demon spirits that are in, I want to say, Thailand. Um, that are the same thing because they're they're very human looking, except for the fact that obviously they're gigantic. They've got long limbs, the wide mouth, double rows of teeth. And notice in Attack on Titan too, they're always smiling. Yeah, they always have that really gross, creepy smile. Yeah, it's very unsettling. The way that they decided to draw these these titans, it just the most uh, out of shape, fucked up look like like boring looking dudes, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just it, it, and and they make the and and the ones that they make run like they make them run so terribly, you know. But but it, to the to the actual sized humans, to the human sized people involved in the series. It's absolutely terrifying to them because they're they're nearly unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that that had to be sort of like what it was like for ancient humans to come across actual cannibalistic giants. Like, what yeah. do you do in the face of such monstrous evil? Well, yeah, and imagine too. Back then, these giants were intelligent. They were they were not just right. bloodthirsty and evil with unsatiable violence, but they were actually intelligent beings. They were smart on Um, top of the insatiable violence. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, what do you do when you're faced, especially with the earliest ones, which would have been the most potent blood would have gotten probably the biggest height, you know, the most superpowers probably. Yeah. Those giant heads, the misshapen heads with the, all the red hair and the big teeth coming at you. So all the stories that the Indians talk about with the giants that they faced was that they all had red hair and mm-hmm. very pale skin, and so and blotchy skin. Yes, in some, in some cases. Yeah. Well, even um, what's his name there from Mind Unveiled had all those videos about the uh, the white redheaded giants. And weren't the weren't the giants from Ireland uh, the Sumerians weren't weren't those described as uh, having blotchy skin and red hair or my my uh, my well, mixing you, up? No, I think you're my thinking of the ones from from Southwest America, the North America. Yeah, the ones in Ireland. The, there's the Tuatha Dé Danann uh, that were described as having red hair. Yes, and they were described as shining ones, fair skinned elves. Um, so very similar. Uh, that's the thing is all of these accounts, they all have these specific qualities. 
Yeah, but the Tuatha de Danon didn't have like the cannibalistic nature and the the uh, insatiable anger and the red hair. Uh, I mean, like they the, they were a warlike people. They're I thought they were, I thought they oh, okay. I no, thought they were they the ones over, that brought they, peace to everybody. No, no, they annihilated or enslaved uh, all the inhabitants at the time of Ireland. Oh, okay. I have them confused with somebody else then. Yeah, no, they were they're right. they're warmongering is legendary. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. The people of the goddess Danu. Okay. Um Irish mythology, just as a side note, it it's so messed up trying to uh trying to place it in the timeline even before Phantom Time. <laughs> it's very annoying. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Back to Indian giants. Indian giants. Um, well, there were also giants in India. Yes. Uh, giants in India and serpent people in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Naga. So, pretty much every continent has... We've talked about giants many, many, many times. We know they're on every continent. Their skeletons have all been found. Um one of the biggest things, again, I think, is the skull structure, which is so prevalent in depictions of clowns. Especially notice in the earliest depictions of clowns, uh, the the most terrifying ones. They always have that silicone headpiece, or, or whatever else. it was back then. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was silicone back in the in the eighteen eighties, but yeah, that was freaking scary, man. Those old clowns, those black and white pictures, just like standing there. Near, it's like those old Halloween costume it, pictures that you look up, and it's kids in these absolutely terrifying. It's outfits. like Bugs Bunny. It's supposed to be like Bugs Bunny, and it's like a bunch of homicidal, maniac-looking people from. And, and I think that might have. I think Hollywood might have something to do with that too. But but a lot of times, like back then, I mean, was that just because that's the way society was? You know, like people were just more stern back then. Well, and we know from historical accounts, you know, uh, cultures like the Saxons or the Celts were very open about their depictions of the dead, um, their celebrations of the dead or celebrations of victory over demons. And they that's where we get Halloween from is, you know, right, wearing right. demonic costumes in order to ward off spirits. Right. I mean, were they, they just not was- funny back then and like everything was just scary? Yeah, they weren't like, supposed like to. Like there wasn't funny. comedy. There wasn't comedy back then, you know. Oh, uh, here comes the clowns. <laughs> here, yeah, you uh, can hear the screaming down the street. Here come the clowns, you know. Oh, yeah, my mood was getting close to being good today, even though everything sucks. Oh, here's the clowns. Never mind. Right, I don't I don't understand. How something yeah, they, so terrifying? They so fucking depressing. What was what was their role? Well, how something so terrifying then became something that the Shriners brought to like the children's hospital. Oh, you know what I mean for the remi- sick for the sick kids. That reminds me of something. What's that? I I I, I want to share this story. Oh, okay. You want to do it now, or because we're? I was gonna say we're coming up. Eh, we're coming up on an hour. Let's do. You guys want to do a break? We actually have a. We have a great song this week. You picked out a great one. It's a Carnival. Yes. By Mr. Bungle. My uh, it's Carousel. Oh, it's Carousel, Mr. not Bungle. Carnival. Carousel. I'm sorry. I'm looking at it right now. 
And uh, it, this album was produced by one of the only uh, Jews I still like is John Zorn. So it's a very it's a very interesting in your headphones. There's a lot going on. Yeah, this is a really cool song. And we'll be back.
All right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Dogbot and Reinhardt. We're talking about clowns. We're doing a whole episode on clowns and how clowns are representation of what Nephilim looked like. Can I share a quick funny story based on the song we just listened to? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who now listens to the show and he's going to be excited to to be to have this brought up when we were about 15 years old we were listening to this song in our friend's car who had a really badass system and during the we, we'd been drinking strawberry hill which is uh, obviously oh, like the worst thing you could possibly be drinking and well there's a part in the song where Mike Patton is making throwing up noises and the way that John Zorn produces, it sounds like it's coming from multiple directions and it caused my friend uh, to want to force my other friend to pull the car over so he could retch out the door. Yeah. There was some sympathy puking involved, huh? Yeah. Like he's like, he could like, like he was already like not wanting to throw up. Right. And, during the song, hearing someone else so violently make throw, throwing up noises uh. on a good sound system was just, it was just too much for uh, his capacity to bear. Uh, fair enough. Okay. Understandable. I've, yeah, I've, I've gotten the, just from thinking about it. All right, let's not talk about throwing up. How about that? Well, I love the riff during that part. <laughs> it is a great song. <laughs> Yeah, now, the lyrics, speaking of clowns and how this song pertains to this week's episode, um, you, you want to talk about the lyrics that you never really paid attention to before? Yeah, I listened to this song hundreds of times, and I it never dawned on me until we started talking about the portals and these uh, Nephilim clown jester demons you know, being just on the other side. Uh, there, there seems to be a lot of winks and nods towards that phenomenon in this song. Uh, so it starts off saying a carnival for the human race, blah, 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 blah. And uh, a festive mood is all around. Another world is what we found. Step right up. Let's make a deal. Let's ride on the Ferris wheel. And the Ferris wheel is almost like this sort of like, a fractal sort of it's it's sort of similar to the fractal portal experience that some people have under certain conditions and then it says uh you know there's something lurking underneath the shape with a mask over its head and makeup on his face into the house of mirrors goes a clown and his elf take a look in the mirror and see the clown in yourself <laughs> yep there you go you got the clown and his elf there you've got the clown and the machine elf. And take a look in the mirror and see the clown in yourself. And what's one of the things you're not supposed to do when you're doing that kind of stuff is not look in the mirror. Right. Yep. And it, it says, uh, if you want to know what's behind the show, you ride my carousel and enter life's jail cell. Love and blood begin to meld. You've lost the self that you once held. You merry go round your head, awake, asleep, alive, or dead. That's interesting. And enter life's jail cell, almost like a, a prison dimension. Hmm. A prison right. planet? Right. <laughs> well, we're already living there. Right. Uh, but love I mean, and, implying love it's a planet. 
love and blood beginning to meld like it's like it's a flesh like a like a flesh experience with these creatures that will inhabit you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of people, uh, I know a lot of people with uh, possession. If this is what we're talking about here, with possession, they feel this uh, uncontrollable lust, this like evil lust, right? Um, which is also very indicative of these original Nephilim. Well, have you noticed that with uh, people that are always getting in trouble, public figures and whatever, getting in trouble for sex scandals, they always seem to be possessed. Right. I wonder why. Like, I wonder. If, I wonder if it's the demons that are causing them to, you know, bang their secretaries and their secretaries' wives and. Well, and and whatever. clowns that end up being pedophiles, <laughs> right? right. Pedophiles every every you clown. Found the, you found the next lyric uh, interesting, Reinhardt. I, I want to know what you thought about the next the next uh, verse. Yeah, uh, the clown that painted a smile on you is now the one unmasking you. Animated scenes unwind. Dormant figures come to life. Hmm. So, the clown that painted a smile on you is now the one unmasking you. I'm not sure. I guess that would be this thing is imprinting upon you. It's coming into you. Right. It's unmasking this nature. Like it makes you and then unmakes you. Right. And then the next one, animated scenes unwind. So that owes to, or that that's kind of an ode to like the fractal nature of this realm, which is almost like liquid. A lot of people describe everything is kind of flowing and turning and twisting. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the fractals kind of like, are always spinning and turning and yes. changing and rotating and yes, but very and colorful. Possibly the the one out of this that just got me the most. Dormant figures come to life. Dormant figures, like we're talking about these demons, dormant being asleep or in stasis or physically dead, they come to life when they enter you. Right, or or by your mere presence, like the life of your soul, like the energy that emanates from your soul is enough to to return them re- return them to animation. Right, which is all they're seeking is returning to this life that they were never supposed to have. Right, the 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 line uh, entangled in your own web, a twisted tunnel overhead, uh, a glimpse of life, a drop of dew. It sound it like the the that entire verse sounds like it, it's 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 like struggling with the entire hallucinogenic experience. The currents merge, your feelings surge, your your life is a pantomime. You know, uh, the beauty is the spiral going round and round the beast, and without the vampire effect, the carnival is deceased. The vampire effect. Well, hold on. Before that, you've got the spiral. Spiral out, spiral round, spiral going round and round. Right. That's always a tools thing. Spiral out, everything spiral. Yeah, fractal garners images of yep. sigils or fractals. Sigils and fractals around yep. the beast. Mm-hmm. Something summoning them. Yes. Spiral them. going round and round the beast, like a like a mosh pit going round and round. <laughs> yeah. That, circle like, pit. Circle pit. Yep. Well, the big circle pits at like a Lollapalooza. What kind of what kind of uh, energy was being was being used there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, there you have frequency. You have vibration. You've got negative energy, anger. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Violence. 
at the yeah and at like say like the um the woodstock events of like the late 90s woodstock 99 you had like rape going on all kinds of sexual assault girls getting crowd surf getting put up crowd surfing and coming back like naked with like bruises on them from getting groped jeez it was it was disgusting I saw I saw some really nasty shit. It was gross. Ritual ritual sex prostitution, yeah. but on a massive scale. Right. In a ritual that nobody knows is going on mm-hmm. well, in the crowd. A giant mosh pit is almost like an ode to wrath. You know, uh, one, wrath. Of, the se- one yeah. of the seven deadly sins people don't discuss very often because they don't, you know, they, they, they almost want to embrace their anger. They don't want to forget that that uncontrollable anger, uh, unjustifiable sin. anger is... Is is sinful? It's wrath. It's right, right. But certain types of wrath are good and vengeful, and oh, like certain types of pride. No, but like God's wrath. Yeah, the wrath mm. of God. Yeah, that's different. That's yeah. Well, that I said certain it's also types, called right. justice. Right. Okay. So fun, roly poly, topsy turvy, hang upside down, fall to the ground. I think I'm going to be sick. It's like you just went through. It's like they took you through a, a two-minute, three-minute trip, and then you come out, which, I mean, doesn't it only last, like, five, 15 minutes? The song's only five minutes and three seconds long. Yeah, the song's five minutes. A DMT trip is, like, 15 seconds, but could seem like it lasts forever. Yeah. Okay, so they're taking, they're taking you through a small trip, and then, yeah, fall to the ground. I think I'm going to be sick. Um, that's, that's one thing a lot of people will... Uh, we'll talk about as well, right? This feeling of falling, uh, almost like when you're asleep and you wake up cause you feel like you're falling in your dream. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've had the feeling before where you're laying there and it feels like, I mean, you're clearly not moving, but it feels like you're falling from the back of your yeah. head. It just feels like you're falling. Yeah. It's, it, and there's you, like no- slam into the ground. And yep. Wake up. And there's nausea the- that's involved with that too. I've had that. I've had the feeling where it feels like you're falling, and as you're falling, you start getting nauseous. Yeah, it sucks. With the peyote experience, you you have to make yourself up, Chuck. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. But then you're then you like the whole weekend. You just better not have any plans. You get to see some uh, uh, black and white striped clowns. Some you might juices. You might you might get to see the the uh, hoyokia. Is that how you say it? Uh. Dang it, Hayoka. Hayoka. You'd see the Hayoka clowns, the ugliest blow up doll ever. Dude, that picture and the one after it, too, the child. That's just terrifying. Yeah, those things are they're really frightening. Actually, I don't even know if that's a child, but that's an adult that's even worse. Oh, that's a child. That has to be. I don't know. The hands look like it's a child. It's a hands a child. Yeah, all right. I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna say it's a child, which is creepy. So right. creepy. So creepy. What one of the last notes I'd like to make on the first Mr. Bungle album is they use a lot of art about this uh this clown that commits murder in, in their in the uh C D the very long C D booklet. When you open it up, it's it's one of the longer C D booklets you'll ever see. And uh, they, they they spent a lot of time on tour. There were a lot of members in Mr. Bungle I, I, originally. I think there was seven. And they had like a horn section stuff. And they would dress up like clowns and stuff on stage. They mm-hmm. were the, 
I remember the that. Band to, they were the band to do it before Slipknot sort of band, you know. And, right, uh, and it wasn't, it was like, well, they would do a different costumes where Slipknot just has like the one costume and everybody has a mask and there's like the one guy who's a clown. Yeah, like like Mike Patton wasn't even Mike Patton on the first album. He was Vlad Drac, and uh, he would wear one of those uh, leather masks with the zipper on mm-hmm. the fucking... The gimp mask. Yeah. 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 He'd wear the gimp mask. I remember that. Um, Yeah. Mike Patton did a lot of stuff that was very, very odd. He's very interesting. He's a very interesting musician. Very underappreciated musical genius, apparently. Yeah. That's it, though. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Sure. Nothing Uh, else. There's nothing else. No revelation of the method. No, no, nothing. None of that stuff. No. It's just me. Yeah. It's. very interesting how uh, the the band that he jo- the band he joined uh, Faith No More skyrocketed to success with his uh, his appearance. Right, bunch of nobodies. Yeah, they were not popular before he joined. Mm-mm. They had a hit. Yeah, a hit. Yeah, We Care a Lot was a hit, but like, We Care a Lot was it, well. I mean, it it was a hit in as much as it made some sort of play on MTV because that was when MTV yeah. actually had music. Wasn't their logo Faith No More? Wasn't their logo an eight-pointed star? Uh, yes, uh, a uh-huh. square, a square upon a square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, uh. interesting. And uh, uh, the uh, the drummer has uh, Ukrainian Jewish roots. No, no. Ha ha! You didn't you didn't have to say Jewish twice, right? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, that's not that's not fair to some <laughs> Ukrainians, right? <laughs> right. Some. I mean, really, Ukrainians as an ethnic group don't really exist anymore. It's all just Russians. <laughs> I'm going to piss off like three Ukrainian listeners. Right. The okay, ones on the so. Crimean Peninsula are throwing their headphones down right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing the, uh, the Jose Mourinho meme. It's not the same. It's oh. not the same when you toss a pair of AirPods. Oh, wow. All right. So, so back to the Spencer's tossing his back to the. Back to the Nephilim being clowns. Yes. So these so, DM and, and the DMT thing, the DMT jesters and all the new age experience stuff, um, the machine elves, these things are, this not an archetype. This isn't some collective consciousness thing that everybody just happens to see. Because if it was a collective consciousness thing, we wouldn't be seeing fucking jester elves, you know? That's not that that doesn't seem like something that the collective consciousness of people would come up with together. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I don't well, think that's I honestly think that what you're seeing is they're the, the disembodied spirits of of Nephilim. They're they're demons. Yeah, and I don't think if this were a collective consciousness thing, I don't think it would connect so far back in history as well that the that you know our collective in right. this modern world would be seeing the exact same well, thing exactly. as people and, for thousands of years. And that's the thing is our if if that were the case, if it were a collective consciousness sort of thing, as our collective consciousness evolved throughout history, the archetype would have evolved. And it's been the same thing forever. Right. So, so it's it's demons. I was talking to our buddy Dark Enlightenment and um he texted me and let me let me pull it up. I don't I don't want to misquote him. De, get your shout out. Uh, he goes. 
uh, what did he say? Oh, he said something about the Bob Dylan thing, and he said, so it's basically the entire celebrity culture is just satanic devil worship and trannies. Batting a thousand. I was like, yes, exactly that. And he said, how are modern trannies? Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, did he have any doubts? <laughs> no, no, he has no, he has no doubts. Not, not for a very long time. He's had no doubts because he's a, he's not just a paranormies listener. He's a paranormies believer. Um, and he said, how are modern trannies so convincing? Demons. I said, yes, they're definitely possessed. And he says, demons. Yep. They're demons, dude. Like they're, look at them. Look at, look at Kathy's, uh, what the hell is that thing? Kathy Griffin. Look at that thing. That yeah, thing is I mean, possessed. I mean, every t- every time I see that one, I hear the riffs from "By Demons Be Driven" in my head. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's such a great riff. Well, and just look at her bald now that uh, this thing has cancer, and you see the skull. Right, it's a male skull. But anyway, oh. back to the back to the clowns and the DMT. I mean, yeah, they're demons, man. And the carnival, the fractal world that you're seeing. There is where they're, they're imprisoned there, and you're able to see it. You're able to break through the veil that they're imprisoned behind, and you're able to see it, and, and they can talk to you. And most times, they are playing tricks. You know, They're giving you the finger. Like Joe Rogan says, they're giving him the finger. When I saw him, they were laughing at me. You know, And it's not like, if they're helpful and playful and stuff, I mean, like, if they were supposed to be helpful, I don't think they'd be laughing at you. Like, you know, be like, hey, you all right there, buddy? You know, uh, or giving you the finger and then, you know, showing you things that your mind really can't comprehend, you know, repeatedly. Like, well, maybe that's just why Joe Rogan's mind is is perpetually being blown because the the <laughs> the machine the machine elves broke his brain. I could see Wait. that. You're saying it was intact at some point. <laughs> I was he, saying it was what? You're saying it's intact at some point. Clearly, Joe Rogan made a deal at some point with some entity in order to have the success that he's had. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. He came from, he came from that crop of news radio cast. Andy Dick and um, Stephen Root. Uh, Phil Hartman, uh, Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall was on that show. But Joe Rogan played the conspiracy guy janitor. I don't remember like what his uh, normie conspiracy stuff that he would say on the show. I, like, I barely remember the show, to be honest with you. I remember yeah. it was on. But like I don't remember any of the lines that he had. I wonder. I wonder how bad and normy tier some of them are. I'd have to go back and look, but I, I I just do remember him being the conspiracy bro, jock, conspiracy bro, super smart, but was the janitor. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I never saw it actually. Hmm. But you're you're quite young. Yeah, you're, like, you're quite young. These are, these people are. Some, I mean, some of them are dead. Phil Hartman's dead, you know? Isn't Andy Dick dead? No, Andy Dick is uh, in California uh, metabolizing cocaine into riboflavin. One of the most bizarre reality shows I watched three episodes of one day was the Andy Dick show where he, 
each episode was a parody of a different reality show. Oh, dude. And he, and he was putting interns through absolute fucking torture. He's, and it was, it was entertaining. It is entertaining. I remember that show. But Andy Dick, is, uh, he's been arrested a couple of times for breaking into people's houses in his neighborhood. Completely out of his mind on drugs, uh, thinking he's in his own house. Wow. Do you think do you think he ever wore a checkerboard uh, jester outfit? I bet you he did. Well, he wore a dress. I know. I mean, that's one of the things. Um, I watched. I watched some video after I watched the Mister E four hour compilation. I I, I got um, a recommendation, and I, and it was it was all these all these um, male celebrities and athletes that had done the dress ritual, and it's a lot more than you would think. And you're like, whoa! I, never, I I don't remember that. I don't remember. Oh wow, that guy wore that guy wore that guy wore that guy wore a dress. Like, literally, all of them have had to have worn a dress at one point. Every single one of them. That's yeah, not surprising. Once yeah. again, right? Because these people are laughing at you. Mm-hmm. I wonder and how th- many of them would appear to be uh, FTMs too. I'm not trying to bring up that. I'm not trying to bring up the androgyne agenda, but right. And that's the thing. Well, clowns. Are they are they male? Are they female? They're mostly male. I'm I'm thinking right. They they don't they don't seem to have breasts. So like they're they're more of a male thing. But then you have then you have the female sort of gesture in the geishas, and um, some of the Attack on Titan uh, giants seem to be female esque. Well, some of them. I mean, I don't want to ruin the show for anybody, but some of them actually are females. Okay. That that the creatures are sexless. To begin with, as far as as far as having genitalia is concerned, right? Yeah, right. They all look like Ken dolls, Very right? Gross but Ken dolls. some of them look more female than others, so there are definitely some female ones, you know, female giants. Anyway, you find out. Yeah, just just watch the yeah, watch it. Yeah, and just as well with these, you know, with the Heflim originally, and with their fathers, uh, these beings before they came down to the physical realm they most likely don't have gender as we do here so a lot of them most of them probably chose male forms uh in order to you know procreate but that doesn't mean that there were no you know female giants out there so yeah I think it's I w- entirely possible right I, I i and i was gonna say there's also female clowns i dropped one in the uh i dropped one in the chat in between uh bozo and uh binky the clown Oh, which one? I don't know, this thing just looks like a whore. <laughs> not a farmer. <laughs> not not a farmer. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> like, well, you know, you're either one occupation or the other in the past, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, makes sense. <laughs> right. Uh, there- oh, is this the um? That's not. That's not really a. That looks like a. She looks like she works at. I don't know Barnes and Noble maybe. <laughs> she looks like she wants to work for Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Which is also really fucking creepy, and yes. uh, there's a lot of demonic stuff going on there. Oh, very much so. Yeah, the Cirque du Soleil stuff is really odd and off-putting and strange and. Their clowns are really creepy. 
What was the other circus before Cirque du Soleil that had really creepy clown things? I mean, Ringling Brothers, man. Well, like, yeah. The yeah. Ring- well, Blue Man Group Brothers is creepy, clowns. too, dude. Are, are they clowns or are they just an act? Uh, they're, well, they're an act, but like, whatever. Clowns in general are really creepy. And people have, you know what? The epigenetic... Uh, distaste for clowns i believe comes from the fact that they were terrorizing and you know terrifying back in the day you know and they ate people they were cannibals uh and and we were right to fear them maybe that's really what the them and us thing is all about with vendramini he missed out on like the fact that the the reason we went down to a genetic bottleneck was because of clowns. <laughs> Can't sleep. Clowns will eat me. Uh, what was the phobia for clowns again, Johnny? Oh, God. It's on my phone. Where's my phone? Hold on. Uh, I pulled I can it. find it. No, I got it right here. Hold on. Oh, I got it. Call. God damn it. It is. Colorophobia. Colorophobia. Yes. Colorophobia. 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 Cholera, like the Col- disease of phobia. Colorophobia. Colorophobia. That does not roll off the tongue. No, Why it, couldn't it be something like that has like a bite to it, like agoraphobia or an ar- <laughs> arachnophobia? Right. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Anything. You know ah, it's terrible. Even our pronunciation expert is having issues with it. No, it's <laughs> colrophobia. No, it just doesn't put it doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue very smoothly. Oh, yeah. You know. And and for describing a fear of something like clowns, it, it just doesn't, you know, doesn't seem to fit. No, it's no, it's almost like they made it weak on purpose. Like mm. they They're not being afraid of the clowns. But do you, I mean, do you think that the the fear of clowns is epigenetic based on the Nephilim eating people back in the day? Well, um, with my clown experience as a child, I would say it had to do with being in distressed conditions. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you that story. Mm, Maybe. Uh, I'd, I'd gotten injured while riding a bike. And uh, my father had rushed me up to the hospital, and I was in one of those little uh, one of those little wheelchairs, being ready to go to uh, an emergency room. But my dad was filling out paperwork, and a party clown came up to me, trying to cheer me up, and he wouldn't get out of my face. And he was trying to give me a balloon. I was in a shitload of pain. I, w- I, I was not remotely interested. Eight year old dog bot uh, speaking to this clown at all. <laughs> and uh, my my dad ran over and body slammed him. Oh, uh, yeah, and the guy wow. sl- the, the clown slid across the floor, and uh, <laughs> he he got he got uh, he got on top of him like stand up, and he put his finger in his face and said, "Stay the fuck away from my kid." Yeah, slow clap. Your dad, <laughs> yeah, your dad beat up a clown, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. Only I could be that lucky. Uh, Peter Clown. Clowns and seagulls. Nope. Hmm. Um, 
one thing about clowns I'd like to bring up uh, connections with we've talked about connections in uh, in mythology and history with like trickster gods and things. Here's mm-hmm. one from uh, from a European story that most of us know: uh, Pied Piper of Hamelin. Right. Yes. The Pied Piper Pied is multicolored clothing. So this thing was wearing multicolored, almost like jester clown clothing. Claimed to be a rat catcher. And of course, when he's not paid, he takes all the children. He plays his music, his frequency, that brainwashes the children and steals them away seemingly to another world because they just disappear. Huh. So the Pied Piper is MTV. Oof. Or I mean, the Pied Piper's Disney. The Pied Piper, like right, the Pied Piper is the entertainment seen, I mean, industry. I think Disney's brainwashed more people than MTV I'm has. Joking, yes, the Pied Piper is the entertainment industry. I keep getting people speaking of Disney. I keep getting people with this one. Um, did I do? Did I tell you guys this? We've done. Uh, did we do this? I don't remember if we've done this on the show. But what's the name of the cat on Cinderella? Lucifer. Right. Oh, and, I was. I. And yeah. what does? Cinderella, call Lucifer. Her prince? Your majesty. Your majesty. More than once. Yes, your majesty. Of course, your yeah. majesty. Why would you name a freaking cat Lightbringer? Like, <laughs> they didn't oh. name it Lightbringer. They, they named, named it Lucifer. Lucifer. Yeah. Well, that's what Lucifer means. No, I know. But then, of course, uh, she's why? calling him your majesty. Just, yeah. just a coincidence in an old Disney movie. The good Disney movies from when Walt was still in charge none of this would have happened if walt were still around he didn't like jews funny yeah, enough didn't, didn't, walt just didn't like Jew- didn't I, people don't understand walt just didn't like jewish animators walt had plenty of jewish musicians the sherman brothers who did like all the music for all the old musical ones like aristocats and all that the sherman brothers are quite jewish yes oh he did he did work for the nazis he just, he just had to do his anti-Nazi propaganda because the American government made him. Yeah, they he also commandeered to be a Rosicrucian. They commandeered his studios. Okay, had nothing to do with the Demolay Society. No, nothing whatsoever. And I wish there was more play dis- both sides. And the work there was more Disney clown content. And and the work right and the work that he did with Werner von Braun and NASA. That was just so that they could perfect the space aspect of Epcot, right? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Are we are we doing a full-on triggering listeners with Disney facts segment? No. Let's get back to clowns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It kind of well, well, you know, me, there's no clowns. I mean, we could finish up the hour with that, but We I'm could, but saying, we're doing like a clowns it's... episode. Okay. We're doing a clowns episode. And so back to the clowns. The black and white fractal thing, the black and white checkerboard uh, is in a lot of these things. One of the one of the things from, or one of the stories from one of the videos we watched was um, that woman's story about when she broke through on DMT and she saw the, with her it was pink and red and white checkerboard, but there were jester clown types that were like sexually molesting her groping her and that kind of stuff that oh, from, yeah, they were. from what i hear uh from female dmt stories of the jesters 
uh, from the other side. They're always very sexually um, forward with the, let's just say, with the women. Yes, they're always sexually aggressive, which again goes back to uh, their original forms when they were on this earth. They were always ravenously sexual and you know, raping humans. Mm-hmm. Raping and eating humans. Yeah, when they uh, when they had no more animals and didn't have each other anymore to uh, slaughter and eat, they turned on humans. And now, too, one thing that uh, we know about demons, their whole goal is to get back to this earth to continue what they started, right? So everything that they're doing is to feel the physical experience again, taste, smell, sight, sex, all of it. Um, they overindulge in everything because that's who they are. So it's not surprising that even in a spiritual realm like this, even if you're not physically there, your consciousness, your soul is traveling. Mm-hmm. They're literally raping your soul. Yeah. Wherever I must go, I must also rape. What? The philosophy. You've never seen that? The the meme with the, the Africa the Africa guy where it's like, where, wherever I go, I must also rape. Put that caption on the, uh, the worst blow up doll ever here. Right. Uh, also, anyway. I heard Metallica's everywhere. I roam in my fucking head everywhere. I rape. Yeah. So back to, um, clowns. So Bozo, the clown, several of the Bozo, the clowns ended up being pedos. Not surprisingly. Um, you've got John Wayne Gacy, who was a clown. Uh, he murdered people dressed as a clown. And then when he went to prison, they, he started drawing clowns and writing about clowns. Right. Uh, now, was he, uh, was he part of the program to kill book? John Wayne Gacy isn't the, uh, um, isn't the uh, theory is that all all popular serial killers uh, it like what how does that go like they didn't actually kill the people oh that they were like abducting them no like uh, oh like, like what what is the what is the what what is the going conspiracy theory with uh with serial killers? The going conspiracy theory? Yeah, like yeah, like they didn't actually murder their victims, like they were part of a larger experiment. I guess I don't know. I've not looked into that. I've looked into the possession of serial killers and like so a we lot could- of them. I've also looked into the fact that there's more black serial killers than there are white serial killers, no matter what the television tells you. Right. So, so the white ones are just the ones that we that they let us hear about. Right. Yes. Definitely. So, did John Wayne Gacy kill all those people? Because he claims he was innocent. I don't actually know. I've never really looked into John Wayne Gacy, other than the fact that he was dressed as a clown. Did we do John Wayne Gacy with? Larry Ridgway a long time ago. Jack would know this, but Jack's not here. I don't remember either. There's look, there's been a lot of episodes. We've talked about a lot of things on this show. 
Yeah. You After a while, things start to run together and you forget things. Yeah, you can't remember me to ex- you can't expect me to remember every episode we've ever done on this show. It's been six seasons now, folks. Well, I, I you know, you know, like you know, you know, like I you know come on. I remember a come lot on, of come guys on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I remember guy. people making a pretty big deal about that one band using his art as an album cover in the 90s like it was something incredibly edgy because it was a serial killer's art right yeah with john wayne gacy specifically i think it's very interesting i do know a little bit about his his uh, earlier life before he started killing uh he dealt with a lot of blackouts and of course he had a lot of physical and sexual abuse uh, in his early life like when he's a teenager um, but he also would, interestingly enough, one of the ways that he lured people back to his house was he would, I think he was under the pretext of like magic tricks that he had learned at a clown school hmm. or when he was learning. He went to, to literal clown, clown college. Let's see. Let me look it up here. Clown through his membership and a local moose club. Casey became aware of a Jolly Joker Clown Club, whose members regularly performed at fundraising events and parades. All right, so Clown Club, not Clown College. Yes, he was both Pogo and Patches. Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown. Oh, so boy. Yeah, these clowns. Sure. I really want to know how clowns ended up being like a birthday party thing, you know? How well, they're coming for your kids, right? So clowns, yeah, that was the- are f- like a real world representation of the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim that we call demons in a fractal environment that is all around us at all times. We just can't see it because our we're not on DMT at the time. Now, what do you guys make of the thing of the theory that the whole third eye concept is just absolute new age bullshit just to try to get you to do the to do the drugs? I agree 100%. What well, is the third eye your pineal gland? Your pineal gland, yeah, but the whole like the whole like opening up your third eye to be able to like do all these things like astrally project or do remote viewing and that kind of stuff without well without demonic assistance, you know. But I, I think it is all demonic assistance. Well, there's incredible danger with leaving your body temporarily to go somewhere else to project yourself astrally. Right, because yeah. you leave yourself wide open. Yeah, there's yeah, it's an empty vessel. Just, you know, so like I I I would strongly suggest not doing that i would advise against it yes um i i think there is some i think there is some balance to be found with some some meditation and trying to uh you know quiet you know like you do reach a different uh a different harmonic state you know when when you're able to when you're able to do some good meditation for a little bit you know it it does well depending on the meditation some meditations actually quite evil yeah like like yoga <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i i'm just i'm just talking about like you know so, sometimes you can you know so you, when you when you're praying you're talking to god if you're you know there are certain kinds of meditating where you're listening 
Right. I get what you're saying. Right. Like, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of be still in creation and, and hear what's going on around you. Get away from the black scrying screen. <laughs> yeah. And all of its sounds. Yeah, get away from that for a while. You got you to gotta put the screen away for a while. Get away from stuff. Well, and not, not when you're listening to Paranormies. No, well, you know, yeah, yeah you, you don't have to. You can download it to something that doesn't have a screen on it. If you can do that, still, if you still have one of those things, yeah, right? Burn it, burn it to like a vinyl record. And always feel free, you know, to go to the website paranormies.com and drop a comment. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to sign up for any. I think you just. You just go to Paranormies. Well, you do have to have a. You, you do have to have an email. We were chastised. Yeah, yeah, we were chastised. For first of all, we were chastised for having a dot com of a website. <laughs> like, how dare we still have a dot com? Not having been pushed to the dark web side of a dot meme or whatever the fuck it is that which which that makes us possibly feds because we still have a dot com. Right, right, right. That. Clearly, clearly, we don't right, have anything well, else. We'll, we'll soon we'll soon open up a website on paranormies dot ligma for all you people that are a little weary about that. Right. Paranormies.paranormies. Um, we'll have our own server. There you go. Paranormies.present. That's right. Um, back to the accessing all this stuff and, and third eye and everything. We do have the capability to access. Or we, we, we did have the capability to access these realms at one point and access these frequencies at one point, but that has been locked in our mind, call it, you know, the fall of mankind or, or whatever. We all know that it's been locked to us. And in my opinion, attempting to access that, forcing our way through those doors, through DMT, through meditation, uh, yoga, whatever it is, uh, because every culture has their own stuff from, you know, the Yazidis of Iran to mm-hmm. the Japanese. Um, Robert Sepper's done a lot of good content on that, you know, revealing, what they believe, I think that is inherently wrong. All of it is evil, and all of it is putting yourself in a position that you don't understand, and it's opening you up for these dormant beings to come to life through you. So what do you, what do you guys think about the possibility of them uh, communicating with you through the medium of your dreams? I think it's very possible. I've had dreams myself that uh, entities were directly communicating with me. Uh, after after my family left our second house, or our first house in Tennessee, and moved into our second, uh, in our first we had a lot going on, including uh, very, very blatant demonic oppression and attacks. Uh, we moved and we blessed the house the first night that we were there. Um, not through any ceremony, just you know, praying over things and, you know, mark the doors with oil. And the first night I was there, I saw this being that was standing on the other side of our, our street. And it was looking up straight into my room and I could tell it was looking like right in my eyes. And it had multicolored scales. It was like a mixture of reptile and human. And it was just staring at me and I could hear its voice in my head just saying, you know, I'm still here. I'm, I'm, I'm still watching hmm. all of you guys. Um, now, now, seeing this 
these representations of these beings as fractal, you know, their very skin is fractal. It's almost indicative of scales, or maybe the scales are indicative of the other. Um, but I think that they can definitely access your dreams, especially depending on what kind of spiritual place you're in and where your heart is. Um, I think they can do much more damage when you are uh, trying to access these things yourself and you're not in the right place. Otherwise, you know, I would say if you're under the blood of Christ, then you are protected. But dreams have always been associated with these things. Uh, the Egyptians knew that very, very well. Yeah, dreams I, uh, and dream interpretation were always a really big thing. Yes. Yeah, and God works through dreams, too. Sure. Of course. Sure. Well, I mean, we were talking about how, you know, reaching these clown-like gestures through the psychedelic experience, but in the case of the, I, I mean, currently the most popular clowns in the music industry the insane clown posse in the case of violent j the one of the members of the insane clown posse he had a nightmare in which he saw a hell and it was it was populated with demonic clowns and he dubbed it the dark carnival hmm. and and so like the band i i you know the is it, are they a band what do you call they're a group they're an okay. act yeah okay Collective. so well, I, 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 you can't really call rappers, and they're not in a band, but whatever. They, they used to be called the inner city posse. But after the experience, after the nightmare experience with the clowns, they completely adopted the clown makeup because they wanted to change. You know, they, they wanted to go through this new transformation. And they went through the new transformation based on this nightmare. And so they went from being the in inner city posse to the insane clown posse and instead of putting out albums they decided to put out a series called joker cards uh based on this dark carnival hmm. and the and the joker cards are supposed to be a message for their listeners to change their ways before the end consumes us all whatever huh. that means whatever that means yeah it must be whatever the clown told violent J. In his dream. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have. I've never been to an insane clown posse show. I was invited to one. I worked. Um, my buddy from Rainbow Body Art Tattoo Studio, uh, Fat Jeff. He was. He was a big ICP fan. He had the tattoo. Uh, he did. He did tattoos for one of them. I can't remember which one he did tattoos on. But I remember they came to like Hartford or somewhere nearby and they sent a limo for him to the shop. I thought that was cool. That's all I know about them, honestly. So yeah, I, there was probably Fago in the limo. Experience. Probably Fago. I, I have I've had a couple of very interesting uh juggalo experiences. I was DJing in Michigan, and I was uh, playing drum and bass. And at the end, I had a juggalo come up to me, and he told me that I should do a drum and bass remix of an ICP song 
to which I laughed uproariously. And uh, I was getting my stuff together, and two of my friends grabbed me, and they said, we got to get to the car. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because there's like 10 juggalos outside, and they're going to be looking for you, and one of them wants to stab you for making fun of ICP. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea they cared that much. Uh, that was that was an interesting experience. Uh, I had another friend who was a DJ who worked for a used record store in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and they were having a for some stupid reason. The owner thought it would be a good idea to have some offshoot group from the Insane Clown Posse do a record signing there, and this person called me up and told me that they would give me. $100 in-store credit on records if I could walk up and down the aisles and stop these juggalos from uh, rampantly shoplifting the place dry. Which is what was occurring. They were just stuffing shit into their giant uh, trip bondage pants. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. I, I, I didn't do a whole lot of, I didn't do a whole lot of stopping. I, I couldn't do a whole lot of stopping. Like, you know, but I wasn't going to pass up a hundred dollars in store credit for records. So, but yeah, uh, <laughs> they're they're an uproarious bunch. Listen, you know, I am not. You you know me on the show. I am not the kind of person to ever downplay any form of whites organizing in their own interest. And I really am just going to have to uh, begrudgingly extend that to the juggalo. You know, God bless them. They they found they found something that unifies them. And apparently in some of the more recent uh, contributions from the insane clown posse, they've gone to a more spiritual and religious path. Praising God and stuff like that. So I don't know what that's all about because I'm never going to listen to any of the music, but God bless them, right? Uh, 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 God save him, maybe. Yeah. I mean, our, I our, our interns, our intern is a juggalo. X X juggalo, stop it. X juggalo. No, he's he still has the necklace. He still has the hatchet man necklace. <laughs> Just because he has memorabilia doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I think I'd bury that out in the yard. Don't burn it. Yeah, I, I'd give it the same treatment as maybe a Ouija board. Just right. in case. All right. All right. I thought the fact that uh, the alphabets decided to label them a uh, give them gang affiliation status or whatever. Yeah, they did do that. I think it gave them some sort of weird street cred. And you know what I found out, dude? Um, there was a lot of local bozos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had one. Every group of friends had one. <laughs> right, right, no. But actually, like Bozo the Clown, you mean know oh, like oh, the oh. the list of cities that had Bozo the Clowns locally, like for their local news stations, just ridiculous. There's like Austin, Baltimore, Bangor, Maine, Birmingham, Alabama, Boston, Buffalo, New York. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's like ten cities in Brazil: Charlotte, North Carolina, Chicago, Cincinnati, Dallas, Dayton, Ohio, Denver. Detroit, El Paso, Texas, Flint, Michigan, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Jacksonville, Florida, Johnson City, Tennessee had their own freaking bozo. I would like to know how many of these ended up uh, 
right. becoming pedophiles right. or Little Rock. perverts. Little Rock, Los Angeles, Memphis, Mexico City, Miami, Moline, Illinois, Monterey. That's Mexico. Nashville. Nashville had like six different uh, bozos. New Bedford, Massachusetts, New Orleans, Louisiana, New York, Orlando, Philly, Pittsburgh, Providence, Rhode Island, Raleigh, Rio de Janeiro. Like, this is ridiculous. Richmond, Virginia, Salvador, Brazil, San Francisco, California, Shreveport, Louisiana, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Syracuse, New York, Toledo, Ohio, Minneapolis, Utica, New York, Washington, D.C., Windsor, Ontario, Worcester, Massachusetts, and okay, and that's it in Worcester, Massachusetts. So little markets like Worcester, Massachusetts, and Johnson City, Tennessee had their own bozo. It's just weird. They had this clown. Now we don't forget we 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 had the Shriners that basically introduced us to the archetype of clown that we have today. You know, the red hair, red nosed clown with the big shoes driving the clown car that comes from the Shriners who are all Masons. Yes. Uh, have you ever seen the logo for the Shriners? Uh, I believe I have, but post it in the chat. Drop it in chat. Yeah. So all Shriners are Masons, but not all Masons are Shriners. Right. Correct. Correct. I just want to, I just need, I felt the need to repeat that. Yes, its official name is the Ancient Arabic Order of the Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. Yep. Yep, nothing weird about that. Nothing weird about that. My grandfather was a Shriner. Yeah, nothing nothing strange about, you know, all the children's hospitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they developed. With the clowns that they send in there that look like Nephilim. Like I said, they're coming for your children. Mm-hmm. Connects to the adrenochrome. Yeah, it does. It connects Children to the adrenochrome. Children in distress, which, yep, sick, with, yep. in pain. Stealing the energy from the kids. It's your Monsters, Inc. storyline. Ah, all connects. Yep, it's always connected. It all connects. It's all connected. Good all right. Lord. Well, we're rounding up this one. We did the clowns episode a lot sooner than people are going to think we did it. Or going to have wanted to have done it. It's late. I'm tired. I work today. Yeah, if if you want to know what's behind the show, it's uh, three dudes who worked all day and who are tired as hell, but we wanted to get this content to you. That's right. Basically. Yeah. Two of I, us with new babies. <laughs> Two. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to wrap this one up. I think, Reinhardt, you're going to read us a creepypasta this week? Yes, we will have a creepypasta. And it Sw- will be clown or... Uh, DMT related, sweet, uh, or carnival related even. Yeah, we we didn't finish talking about the carnivals and like you know all the creepy carnival stuff that's always involved with these weird dreams and drug dreams and the the fear and loathing in Las Vegas movie. It's got the carnivals and all these weird carnivals and the killer clowns from outer space and the killer clowns, killer killer clowns. We will definitely have to do an episode on just carnivals in general because they. Uh, permeate a lot of mythologies, especially throughout European mythology, mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. different ways. And they are connected to various interpretations of elves, shining ones, aka Nephilim. Right. What is the uh, the Swedish Swedish Swiss festival? Um, Baron. Uh, what the hell's it called? Baron. Uh, oh, in Bern. Is it in Bern? It's in Bern. But like, what's the name of the the clown festival? We did it last time. It is. Uh, hang on. 
I had to look it up. No, I'm sorry. It's in Basel. Basel. That's what it is. It's Basel. It's in Basel. B-A-S-E-L. Basel. In Basel, Switzerland. And it's the Clown Festival, where they don't do the clown thing until like the middle of the night. It's not like they do this stuff during the day. All these, all these clown costumes. So all the pictures, if you see at daylight of this this festival are is at the end of the festival because everything starts in the middle of the night so imagine all these funky weird fucking terrifying clown masks at four in the morning yeah yeah that's, that's what I'm slightly terrifying yep it just makes it even more terrifying so you are correct if you are terrified of clowns if you have a fear of clowns that is epigenetic and probably built into you because your ancestors were killed and eaten by the Nephilim that they worshipped. Yes, and these beings are creating energy and harvesting that energy mm-hmm. uh, through these rituals. Parades are rituals. Oh, they right. are mass scale rituals. Oh yeah, giant giant representations of Nephilim floating down down through Times Square. Times Square. I don't know, there's something there. There has to be something there. All right, so we're going to get out of here. Check us out on Telegram. We all have our channel stuff down here in the show notes. Buy our t-shirts at dissidentapparel.com slash allies slash paranormies. I uh, also uh, will be appearing tomorrow night on Metal Up Your Fash. Yes. And uh, we will be discussing the genre industrial metal. That will probably be, this episode will be released roughly about the time that you start doing that show tomorrow. Yep. So, uh, Will we be posting some of my evil clowns to the show? Yeah, the, uh, yeah I'll show. throw some of your, I'll, I'll definitely throw some of your evil clowns into the show art this week. Um, yeah, I'll probably make show art out of one of them for sure. All right, well, we're going to get out of here. And we'll see you guys next week on the Nationalist Inquirer. Later. Time travel makes you gay. Do not give in to astonishment, as you'd often hear the self-transforming machine elves proclaim as you enter their world through hallucinogenic drugs. That was a lesson I'd not soon forget. I encountered them when my soul escaped my body and broke through a series of gates until I fell through a chrysanthemum-like mandala. They came to me vibrating like sapient balls. At the same time, their bodies melted into the pulsing ground only to reassemble. Sometimes their limbs would be placed astray on their body, contrary to where they would reasonably be. They all spoke in unison about how delighted they were that I'd finally come to visit them. I have the idea that they'd do this to anyone who achieved this plane of consciousness. Their voices were in the sounds of thousands of sirens, unending. They proclaimed to be the architects of all reality, including our own. These machine elves demonstrated this by perverting natural laws in ways considered to be abominable. And their sing-song voices physical matter conjured from their mouths. Rows of strange objects flew out. They were each fashioned in exotic, alien geometric shapes. One of the machine elves pointed to me, inviting me to join as long as I did not give in to the astonishment with a thinly veiled threat. The machine elves were building structures with lightning speed. 
Not once were they ever worn out from their eternal dismantling and reassembling. I insisted that I was unable to, but as I did, a bubble formed in my stomach and pushed upward. It was an odd feeling, one that tasted like the most bitter bite of the worst poison. Notes jumped out in a series of ribbons through my tight lips. I could not believe what I was witnessing, and despite the elf's warning, I gave in to that astonishment. The mood shifted, expectantly. The other beings turned to look at me. Their bodies broke down and rebuilt in grotesque shapes and forms. A shrill chuckle erupted from them. Their world began to break down around them. It was previously a spectacle, surreal and resembling watercolors on a mural. The waxy colors melted down to reveal a dark void. The machine elves were unconcerned. Instead, they continued to sing their tune. One of the beings approached me only to pause within arm's reach. From there, I took notice of his face. Mandibles were decorated around his face, opening and closing in a sporadic fashion. Eyes appeared and reappeared, sometimes on his face, other times on any part of his body. He sprinted at me and phased right through me. He was invading my thoughts with little care of my discomfort. Others approached me with eyes in their palms or without any at all. Some with rows of teeth without a set number. They liquefied and rebuilt themselves, becoming chimeras of mix-matched limbs and body parts. They were all ashamed that I had given into astonishment and were jumping into my body to drive me further into insanity. Some, some even took turns taking me apart and putting me back together. Even though I was out of my physical body, I knew how many times I was torn apart. Around 500. Each time they ripped my soul, they claimed it was to serve as removing my impurities so I would better evade astonishment. I awoke from my trance relieved the encounter was over. But nevertheless, I've since kicked the habit of my indulgence on hallucinogens. While I may not fully understand what those things wanted, I was too afraid to further investigate into them out of fear that one would rip my soul out so I could further be one of their main attractions. <laughs>